Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And as the libertarian, you would think that I would always promote the libertarian ticket for president or for anything. And in actuality, I am an anarcho-capitalist. I have concluded that the modern state with its coercion and its license to steal and kill actually works against our interests, that we have a conflict of interests with our own government in that it justifies its taxation, its stealing, its killing, by promising us fiscal and physical security. In order for us to give half our money and our sons and daughters and ourselves to the welfare and warfare state, they have to convince us that we are in danger of starving to death or being invaded. (laughs) I mean, I'm obviously... uh, simplifying this but this is how i think about our relationship with the government how best are they going to convince us that in this world that could be dominated by peace and prosperity that we're still living in a world where we need uh government to be half of uh, to to consume half of all that is produced almost in order to keep us safe and secure and well-fed. So the Democrats, I think Democratic voters, are more prone to the fiscal insecurity. I might starve to death. And the Republican voters, I think, are more prone to physical insecurity. Someone's going to come in and kill us or steal our stuff. I'm not saying these aren't legitimate fears, natural human fears. I'm just saying they're exploited by the government and the reason and the power elite, whatever, and that, that actually making sure we have these real threats to peace and prosperity is the best way to keep us in line, to keep us supporting this big government machine. So I reject this concept that the modern state is necessary. I think that uh, the, that society is self-ordering, and you can see examples of that all over the place. Just tipping in a restaurant is a great example of that. There's no law that you have to tip. And everybody does it out of sense of social obligation. As a matter of fact, we're inflating it by ourselves. When I was a waitress, it was 15%. Now it's 20%. So, and and it's highly tax benefited and nobody can arrest you for not tipping. But we, oh, I, I, I can count on the fingers of one hand in five or seven years of waitressing how often people did not tip me. 
So you can see they're they're in Atlanta. There, uh, you could actually walk around topless. I mean, there's nuanced readings of the law, but they are. It's one of those cities where they really can't arrest you simply for walking around topless. If it's not lewd or whatever, but nobody does it. I've never seen it. People, there is such a thing as social power, not state power. So I'm not a big uh, fan of this coercive government. And what's worse, it's theoretically corruptible. It's in actuality corrupt. But I even think that this two-party system is a farce, that that there's election fraud, these guys are in bed together with the same uh, shadowy power brokers behind the scenes. I mean, that's how corrupt I think it is. And all of that, I could say all of that, and I still can't bring myself not to vote. I still vote. And uh, I don't vote for the people who I think are in on it. I try to find a, a conscience candidate like Ron Paul, who I can actually really stand behind morally or a protest vote where I vote for the Libertarian Party as my protest to this liberal fascist center. But this time around, I'm a little worried because uh, Gary Johnson, who has been a Libertarian for a while and is the nominee for the presidential Libertarian ticket, uh, I, you know, I was on the fence about him, but I was I voted for him last time. But this choice of William Weld as his VP calls in to question for me whether or not this whole party thing was corrupted. But I'm not getting, you know, the people who work hard for the Libertarian Party, right, you know, I understandably don't want to hear me say that. And I, you know, I'm open to the debate. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And just tell me, I mean, would this be a year that you would actually stay home? Are you so, uh, you, you know, cannot bring yourself to support Trump or Hillary and would just not vote for the first time? Or would you finally vote for a third party? Let me know what you think. 800-WSB-TALK. But I'm going to read some tweets. Uh, I got some tweets from... Brett Larson, who I has been on my show before, actually, and he is the chairman of the Georgia Libertarian Party, and he made a very good point. He said, it is a shame, this is what he tweeted to me, it is a shame that the myth exists that the Libertarian candidates pull votes only from Republicans. Simply not true. And I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly that the Libertarian Party should draw equally from the left and the right. That the reason we uh, don't have that, the, re- the, the only reason that libertarians tend to fall under the same umbrella as Republicans is that they recognize the individual as the source of rights and morality. It's individualist as opposed, as opposed to collectivist, which is the other side. But a lot of people on the left don't think of collectivism uh, being so universal that it that it can tell them what to do personally with their bodies, like uh, you know, smoking pot or whatever. So you can have people, and that's oh, I'm sorry, people get mad. Like that's not the only thing that that the left would like about libertarians. There is a, a non-intervention aspect from 
Uh, the non-aggression principle, I think people on the left think of themselves as supporting this non-aggression principle where you can't start aggressing this concept of preemptive war, which was brought back by Republicans, I think, in the 90s. Uh, it's just not it's not justifiable. It's immoral. And social stuff really should not the left and the right both seem to to want to legislate social issues and the real libertarian position is to to not legislate them, especially not at the national level. And then uh, but what the left tends to not like is this uh, not redistributing wealth. They kind of like that. That's the weakness of libertarians. But they're willing. I think many would be willing to compromise under somebody like Ron Paul if it means they could uh, they could that the compromise meant a reduction in the warfare state, even though the payoff would be a reduction in the welfare state. The real the compromise that's currently made across the board is an increase in both, which I don't think anybody's happy with. I'm going to go to Ken in Kennesaw. Ken, you're on with Monica. Hey, good afternoon. This is Ken, Ken Scrooby. I just wanted to let you know that I feel so complicit in this political structure because... They're robbing us blind at that 50% you talked about. I mean, how did that get like that? And we don't need it. I mean, we have the most productive society in human history. We should be able to take care of ourselves. Yet the governments of this country combined pay, uh, spend, I think it's $7 trillion out of $17 trillion of production. It's not quite 50%, but it's close. Yeah, by the time you get rid of all the state and local taxes, probably pretty close though and it, it just it's maddening because i feel like we're complicit we've we've voted all our lives and we've put these people in power and there's no change it's worse yeah and and that uh, if you want to go down the rabbit hole with me i remember when edward snowden who i think was absolutely an operative of the government to get us used to the surveillance state. He said, and it was foreshadowing, it was creepy. In that first interview, he said, my fear is that nothing will change. And I recognize that as foreshadowing from the beginning. And I've noticed since then, there is a kind of psychological approach that the powerful can use against us, which is, uh, I think it was like the opening line in a Dostoevsky book that, that human beings can get used to anything. And that is the thing that best defines them, that we can get used to anything. And that all we have, to, all they have to do, it's almost like they want us to know that they're dominating us unconstitutionally or whatever, because we're impotent to change it. And I, and I, I feel like that thinking the vote is going to change things is part of, of what makes us feel like we're doing our part, and then the rest of the time we're just working twice as many hours as we might otherwise have to to pay that big tax bill, which is also part of their plan, from what I can tell. Agree, uh, you know, and the, and the, you were talking about the libertarian vice president. Uh, I, I don't know anybody. I don't know about that person. Is it's he, William Welt. He was a, the Massachusetts governor. Oh. He's just a Republican, you know. I mean, he calls himself a libertarian before because he's for gay marriage, and he wrote a uh, a brief to the Supreme Court supporting gay marriage. Uh, but a real libertarian position is absolutely that the government should not define or permit or deny personal relationships, should not license hairdressers or charter banks. That it the the economic and personal liberty 
doesn't have to be defined or parsed out by either side. It's just not something that needs to be uh, decided as a group for everyone, especially not at the national level. So, so in my view, the libertarians should look at all the policies, everything that's out there, and see what policies are causing the problems and advocate for withdrawing those policies, not policy fixes that make the system more compromised. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Talking politics, of course. The election, normally it's all Trump, all Hillary. Oh, will she... Will Bernie Peter in California, will the GOP convention be a madhouse? But this week in the news, the Libertarian Convention was the uh, talk of D.C. And I, as a hardcore Libertarian, I actually mentioned I'm not even like a Libertarian Party Libertarian. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I got a funny tweet from Thomas saying, what is a narco-capitalist? Sounds like a drug kingpin. (laughs) It's not an A space narco capitalist. It's <laughs> it's a anarcho capitalist like anarchy and capitalism. But anarchy has a bad connotation like what you want is lawlessness and chaos. And what it really is is a recognition that law exists in human society. It's pretty self-evident. Don't touch me or my stuff. And we write it down on a piece of paper and we set up institutions so that on the margins, is this your stuff or my stuff? Like, who, who owns the river? You know, that kind of stuff uh, has to be hashed out in the community. But it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, I've gone so far as to say that power to tax, to really steal uh, and kill is always corrupted. And you, and you just, you can't do it like that. But I'm on like the thousand year plan for that. In the meanwhile, I do engage. I can't resist the temptation to vote. Uh, I've got uh, another great tweet from Brett saying, taxation is theft. I love that meme. Freedom is the answer. Now, what's the question? <laughs> so that is really the libertarian position. And whether you vote or not, no matter who you vote for, if you recognize that uh, personal and economic liberty, uh, that you can't aggress against other people, you can't initiate force if they are not really going to threaten you or your property. You know, you can help other people defend themselves, but that all the rights in society are, are based on self-defense. If you recognize that and and the American founding principles, you are at least in the same general camp as libertarians. I got another tweet. If the election were held today, this is from United We Stand. If elections were held today, I'd vote for Trump. Cannot let Hillary get into office. That would be so horrible. So we still have this debate on who you know, how to vote. What's the right thing to do? Do you vote your conscience? Do you vote a protest? Or do you just vote not Hillary or never Trump by voting for the other big party guy? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. 
also, I I thought this would be a good opportunity. I've, I get a lot of questions over the months that you know what, like that, like <laughs> Thomas said, what's what's a narco capitalist? I get a lot of questions, and because this Libertarian Party thing is in the news right now, and people don't even really know what it means to be a libertarian, I thought it'd be a good time to do ask the libertarian. So I have a lot of questions that were submitted to me, some I didn't get to last time, some tweeted Facebook, whatever, but I always prioritize calls. So if you have a call, you want to ask me a question, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm open to answering anything, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Uh, Thunderstorms are likely tomorrow, and the high is forecast for 81 So stay tuned to WSB to keep track of the weekend weather, which is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. You can also, if you have questions about some of the things I say, the terms that you don't understand because I'm the only one who uses them, you can go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. I have a glossary. Lots of fun stuff there like anarcho-capitalism. Calls for Ask the Libertarian after the break. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Hi, I'm the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And uh, the Libertarian Party has been in the news this week because they nominated Gary Johnson as their presidential nominee and... William Weld, former Massachusetts governor, uh, as their vice presidential nominee. Both of these guys were Republican governors. And uh, I would say, you know, I have this thing about libertarians that come out of Cato and Reason Magazine and even the ones that are trotted past you on Fox News. Those institutions, in my opinion, this might be controversial, have been hijacked by corporate interests, and I call them the corporate libertarians. This is as opposed to Mises.org, which is out of Auburn, Alabama, or LouRockwell.com, which is kind of a alternative news aggravator, aggregator, aggravator, aggregator. It's really not that, but it's, it's you know, he doesn't own all those articles. He doesn't write the articles, but it's an interesting place to go. The Independent Institute is an interesting place to read real libertarian stuff, in my opinion. But, you know, a lot of times I just feel like these are neoconservatives who believe in abortion and, and that they, uh, if they don't stand against foreign interventions, they can't really support the non-aggression principle, which is the foundational principle. You can't use force against other people. You can't impose your will by force. Gary Johnson seems pretty good on the non-intervention stuff. Not perfect, but pretty good. Well, doesn't. Anyway, so this has brought up the question, what is a real, uh, what is a real libertarian? And I don't want to uh, speak for others. There's a very broad spectrum. Basically, it starts with, are you an individualist or a collectivist? Do you believe in individual rights or do you believe society is a central unit? And then, uh Beyond that, you can tease out how much you want the state to do and how much personal freedom. I, for one, no longer believe that the state can be trusted with absolute power. So I'm an anarcho-capitalist. But I'm going to answer any questions that you put to me. 
404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. We can talk about the election. We can talk about the Libertarian Party, the nominees, or we can just do Ask the Libertarian. I have a big, long list of questions uh, of people have submitted to me, but I always prioritize the call. So I'm going to go to Andre in Snellville. Hi, Andre. You're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. Yes, I want to address this whole anarcho-capitalism thing. Uh, and our, I've looked into this, and um, it seems rather cultish to me, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it does. It's not going to work. It just doesn't work. Uh, why? Okay, for example, um, let's say I buy... Okay, we're basing on property rights. Okay, so let's say I buy a piece of property. It's this wonderful piece of land that I've you know, works real hard to get, and I've, I've made this beautiful garden and everything, and, you know, I'm there for a couple of years, and then some guy just decides to build a pig farm right next to me. Okay. So what do you, what do, you do about that? Well, are the pigs uh, interrupting your enjoyment of your property? Does it smell? Well, have you Is ever it noisy? Been next to a pig farm? Yeah, okay, so this guy is damaging your property. He's encroaching. He's polluting no, with the he's, smells. He's on his own property. But he's letting smelly okay, particles say, come over. Say, let's just say that I could make the case that he's damaging my property. Yes. Now what? So I don't, I don't believe in no rules, no community, no organization. Albert J. Nock, in this fantastic tiny book called Our Enemy the State, distinguishes effectively between government and the modern state. That so you what have you do is you, you hire a, um, a private organization that handles disputes, right? Is that is well? That you, what you could do? you could uh, you could definitely outsource your right to self defense. But how am I going to force that guy to do anything? What do you want to force him to do? I want him to leave or stop pig farming. Well, what he needs to do is either compensate you for the damages that he is inflicting well, on he your land. he might need to do that. How am I going to force him to do that? Yeah, see, this is how it goes with uh, what you have to buy into is that society does have, uh, you know, it doesn't totally break down just because there is not a central force that we cooperate with each other. And you'll see, like, David Friedman, Milton Friedman's Yes, but science. we also have disputes. That's why you have law. Yes, and I do believe in law. And that's why you have to law. have someone to enforce the law. Under your, under your way, if we just went with this anarcho-capitalism thing, what's going to happen is the only, the only the people that have the most money to hire the the largest enforcement organization well, will be able to control everything. That's how it works now. That's how it works now because the largest enforcement agency is the government, which is a totalitarian system really at this point that's been totally hijacked by private interests, corporate interests that that actually it actually neuters the ability to enforce real genuine law. Because you can't, uh, if you, like uh, Murray Rothbard wrote about how uh, during the Industrial Revolution, people were polluting, it, factories were polluting onto people's land. So the people, the private property owners were suing 
those factory owners and winning in court based on common law, which is not a bunch of legislators writing stuff down. It's hundreds of years of precedent in the community. And that's what I'm talking about. Self-ordering society with dispute resolution mechanisms. They were winning. And the government stepped in and said, you cannot exercise your private property rights because the good of society demands that we let these factories spew stuff everywhere. So it, so what the problem is that they prevent real justice. That's where I think we've, we've come. They prevent this coercive monopoly on force prevents you from uh, exercising your rights. Am I still on? Yes. Okay. So what I'm not understanding is how is this enforced? When I said that, when I said that you're, it's just going to devolve into whoever has the most money to hire these uh, bully organizations uh, to push people around, uh, you said, well, that's what we already have now. Well, no one's saying what we have now is perfect, but it would certainly be better than that. I mean, well, that would just okay. be gangland. So here, I'll just, I'll just make it clear what the basic premise is, that there are... There is organization. There is government. There, You can look at the history of Ireland and other places like that where they have customs and hierarchies and tribes and, and that kind of thing, but you don't have one central authority against which the people have no power, I, an authority that defines the law, legislates it, adjudicates it, enforces it, which if you look at the, the ultimate problem there is that once that gets hijacked and it does always inevitably that's when i became an anarcho-capitalist if the american experiment could not keep government from limiting itself nothing could in my opinion so you you set up the seat of power which precludes any other organization you just have to believe in social power you have to believe that that man has uh an organizational impetus and uh, understands the difference between right and wrong uses reason if you think the majority of people are complete psychopaths then having a centralized government isn't going to help it's just going to make it worse what what you want to acknowledge is that there there are these differences and they can be demonstrated and they have been i like i use the example about tipping people tip they tip they, they don't need a cop looking over their shoulder to tip. Even if there was a cop there, he couldn't enforce it. They do it because that's human nature. So what it really comes down to is, do you believe in man as, you know, just an animal? In which case, which men are, uh, should we empower to oversee that? So, I mean, it's just a, it's just a fundamental difference in how you see social organization and the roots of, of rights and, you know, how you enforce them. Very interesting. Thank you. I'm going to Ray in Mableton. Hey, Ray, you're on with Monica. How are you doing, Monica? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I just wanted to mention that, you know, Monday is the invasion of Normandy in 1944, where we lost uh, over 2,000 soldiers on the beaches of Normandy. And that's why I bring that up, is that if libertarians were in charge on December the 7th of 1941 of this country, we would not have been attacked by the Japanese. It would have been an invasion because we would not have a military. And plus, everybody in America today would be speaking Japanese or German. And that is a libertarian utopia. It's let people come in 
and do whatever they want, as long as they're killing your neighbor next door and they're not bothering you, that is a beautiful thing for libertarians to live by. No, that's not how it would be. If if you look at the backstory of World War One and World War Two, and to me there's a continuum there that the that the destructive peace that was established at the Versailles Treaty gave rise to uh, to what happened in Germany, and that that out by the United States entering World War One and tipping the balance for all the reasons, the back reasons of what Ike would later label the military-industrial complex, but the bankers and everything else getting involved, manipulating governments and power, and really, once you start manipulating governments and robbing the people of any sense of justice or sovereignty, then you have these unjust wars. Like, we really shouldn't have been involved in World War I. We tipped the balance. Then the, the winners over there got vindictive. And, and really, it un, uh, then that created this uh, reaction, I think. But I feel like uh, you have to go back and see how. I always think this about libertarians. You have to look at the slate and not say, what can we put, what else can we add to the slate to try to make right the wrongs that, that what's written there already uh, have created? But what can you take off the slate? How does uh, sticking to your principles eliminate that situation from the beginning? I know it's not popular. 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK. <laughs> the phones are lighting up. I will get to more of your calls after the break and read your tweets at Monica Perez Show. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Broken clouds in the sky. 83 outside the studio. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are talking about, I'll take any calls on Ask the Libertarian. I've got lots of questions lined up. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And I got a bunch of tweets in response to the last call, which challenged me on my anarcho-capitalistic foundation. So I really want to to tease that out a little more. I didn't think people were really interested in the theory. But I had some insights that I want to share to you that may clarify my position. I'm going to do that at the top of the hour. Right now, I'm going to Daryl in Atlanta. Hi, Daryl. You're on with Monica. Thank you for taking my phone call. I met you uh, a couple years ago. I had a Liberty event. Liberty, I, in, I know. Uh, yes, man, with the wrong Liberty party. Jam. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah. Good. How are I you doing? Can't complain. Still in this fight trying to educate the people. And, you know, I definitely want to call in and, you know, brush, brush in up on the topic because this topic is something... Uh, Anarcho-capitalism is a word that people don't really understand the full meaning, like conservatism or, you know, libertarianism. Like, when people say they're, they're an anarchist or they're, they're an agorist, doesn't mean that they want no complete control or no government control. I mean, being able to govern your own community, being able to, you know, use whatever currency you choose to use instead of being forced into slavery by using this fiat currency, being able to, you know, educate your children at home by homeschooling instead of forcing your kids into, you know, these, these new schools, which are jails, or just being able to grow your food without government control because they... It seems like government wants control over everything, and if, you know, we live independent and, and you know, peacefully, you know, the, the crime rate would not be as high, but it's this mass police force that's really causing, you know, the crime, crime out there. Yes, that's the thing. If you look at the damage done by this coercive monopoly state that uses half the production of the country to <laughs> oppress you, 
the comparison between like citizen enforcement of of self-evident law i'm taking the citizen approach it's not chaos it's just really more like self-government you know what i'm saying so uh no i love the i love the call i loved 2012 i've met a lot of great people when uh ron paul was really getting the word out there were lots of events like that um i missed that that time 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk uh like daryl said i mean i you know i i want to get into that a little bit more after the break that it's just you know you have to Open your mind a little bit and think about what we're really talking about. Get out of the social conditioning that tells you without this huge government, we'd be slaughtering each other. I don't think so. What do you think? Uh, More of this uh, after the break. This is Monica Perez. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.